Welcome back, Football MD fam, to episode 34 of the Football MD Podcast. My name is Michael Bowling, and I am your host for today's show, and I cannot believe that it's already week 15, the fantasy football semifinals, so I'm going to break down every week 15 game to help you guys with all of your start-sit decisions. If you're looking for the Saturday games, that's Texans-Jets and Browns-Broncos, head over to our Instagram page at football. MD pod. I did a quick video breakdown for each of those. And if there's any players that I don't cover today, or if you have any other questions, don't hesitate to hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Again, that's at football MD pod. But we have a lot of games to get to, so let's get right into it, starting with the Arizona Cardinals playing the Atlanta Falcons in a game with a 44-point over-under. And despite the Cardinals' struggles, they've actually allowed the third-fewest fantasy points to the quarterback position on the season. Now, I'm not going to recommend sitting Matt Ryan. He has played great this season, throwing 26 touchdowns to just six interceptions and completing 70.5% of his passes. But we've mentioned on past episodes that the Falcons' offense just isn't clicking right now, so I have him just outside my top 12 in the high-end quarterback two range this week. And as for Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith, this is a great matchup as the Cardinals have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. But this is a completely split backfield at this point. I do think that both are startable as running back threes, but you're really just crossing your fingers and hoping that one finds the end zone or a big play. Not something that I'd ideally be relying on in the fantasy playoffs. Then of course you're starting Julio Jones and as we said on Wednesday's episode, tight end Austin Hooper is a fine streamer going forward, but the Cardinals haven't been an ideal matchup for tight ends and Hooper is dealing with a knee and ankle injury, so make sure you're monitoring that situation before you slide him into your lineup. And for Arizona, you're starting David Johnson as a high-end RB2. Despite the Cardinals' offensive struggles, the Falcons have been equally as bad against the run, allowing 15 rushing touchdowns on the season and 5.45 yards per carry over the last five games. And that's honestly about it. I don't think this is a bad matchup for Larry Fitzgerald, but he's had more than 50 yards just three times this season. He's averaging just three receptions per game over his last four, so you can't really trust him as anything more than a low upside wide receiver three at this point. But now we'll move right over to our next game of the week. We have the Oakland Raiders heading to Cincinnati to play the Bengals in a game with a 46-point over-under. And tight end Jared Cook is really the only Raider that has my full confidence. He now has 14 receptions for 216 yards and a touchdown over the last two weeks. And he's now scored in three of his last four games, so keep on rolling with him. And then running back Doug Martin, he scored in each of his last three games and now faces a Bengals defense that allows the second most rushing touchdowns and the most fantasy points to running backs on the season. I know it's not an awesome situation to have to rely on Martin, but I do have him as a low-end running back two this week, right around guys like Derrick Henry and Sony Michelle. So so if you're in a tight spot, you could do worse than Martin. And for the Bengals, Joe Mixon is a rock-solid running back one in a great matchup. He's had 15 targets over the last three weeks with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, and the Raiders have allowed an average of 123 rushing yards per game to running backs. So lock in Mixon. And in the passing game, I'm not expecting a ton of volume here. So I think Tyler Boyd will be capped right around eight targets at the most. But the Raiders have allowed a league-leading 19 touchdowns to the wide receiver position this season. So I think he's serviceable as a lower-end wide receiver too with some touchdown upside. And if you're looking for a streamer at the tight end position, the Oakland Raiders have allowed the second most yards and the most fantasy points to tight ends on the season. So I have CJ Uzoma as a lower end tight end one this week. I think you can slide him into your lineups with some confidence. And now we'll move right over to our next game. We have the Dallas Cowboys heading to Indianapolis to play the Colts in a game with a 47 point over under. 
And for the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, they're locked into your lineups every single week. But I continue to have quarterback Dak Prescott as a borderline quarterback one, as he's now put up 20 or more fantasy points in three of his last five games. And although the Colts are a tough matchup on paper, we broke down on last Saturday's episode how they've played against pretty lackluster competition for the majority of the season. So I have no problem starting Dak this week. And then on the Colts side of the ball, running back Marlon Mack hasn't totaled more than 39 yards in four of his last five games. And the Cowboys have allowed just two runs rushing touchdowns over their last nine. So I don't see a lot of upside for Marlon Mack in this one, especially with his lack of work in the passing game. We've said he's just a running back three going forward, and that doesn't change for us here. But that's really all I have for the Colts offense. Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, they've been great for you. Hilton definitely has the toughest matchup as the Cowboys have allowed the second fewest points to wide receivers on the season. But this isn't the time to get cute. If you're unsure about any of these guys, feel free to message us on one of our social media pages at FootballMDPod and we'll help you find the right play. But otherwise, just keep on rolling with these guys. And next up, we have the Detroit Lions up against the Buffalo Bills in a game with a 38.5 point over-under. And I'll keep this one quick as there really aren't any options on either of these teams that I feel great about starting this week. Kenny Galladay, he's had more than 50 yards in just three of his last eight games, and now he'll be matched up with cornerback Tredavious White against the Bills defense that allows the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers on the season. Uh, I still like his talent, but he's just a lower end wide receiver three for me here, and it doesn't get much better against the Vikings next week. And then for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, he's on the streaming radar due to his rushing ability, but he's thrown just three touchdowns to four interceptions over the last three weeks, and the Lions, although they have struggled on defense they haven't allowed any quarterback to rush for more than 18 yards on the season so I just think in your typical fantasy leagues this game is a full avoid for me here so we'll hop right over to the Green Bay Packers heading to Chicago to play the Bears in a game with a 45 point over under and while I definitely can't blame you for starting quarterback Aaron Rodgers I struggled to see him as anything more than a mid-range quarterback too in this matchup he still doesn't seem to have any trust in his receivers outside of Devontae Adams and the Bears defense has just been brutal against quarterbacks allowing the second fewest fantasy points to the position. They're actually the only team in the league with more interceptions than touchdowns allowed. They've intercepted a league-leading 25 passes and allowed just 20 passing touchdowns. So with that being said, definitely not an ideal matchup. Devontae Adams, he's still locked in as a wide receiver one for me every week. And this will also be a tough one for running back Aaron Jones. The Bears have given up very little to running backs on the season and the Packers offensive line is pretty banged up. They were missing three starters last week and they really haven't shown a commitment to the run game in general. I still have Jones as a solid running back too though just I'm tempering expectations from how he's performed over his last five games or so. And then on the Bears side of the ball, I really don't have a problem starting quarterback Mitch Trubisky here. The Packers really haven't given up much on the ground to opposing quarterbacks, but they have allowed multiple passing touchdowns in three of their last four games, and just three quarterbacks have scored less than 15 fantasy points against them this season. So you can slide Trubisky in as a higher-end quarterback too this week with a pretty safe floor. And then in the run game, Jordan Howard actually ran well against the Rams in Week 14. We did say that that matchup seemed to favor the skill set of Jordan Howard more so than Cohen's, and I think that's the case here this week as well. Over the last nine games, the Packers have allowed 4.62 yards per carry and nine rushing touchdowns while allowing the fourth fewest points through the air to opposing running backs. Now, I'd still prefer to start Tariq Cohen over Jordan Howard. I think both of these guys have a running back three floor, but Tariq Cohen just has so much more upside. And then in the passing game, it's unlikely that you've been relying on wide receiver Allen Robinson, and I definitely don't think this is the week to start to do so. He'll see a ton of cornerback Jair Alexander, who just allowed his second touchdown on the season last week, and that was to Julio Jones, so 
I definitely look for another option elsewhere if possible. And now we'll hop right into our next game of the week, the Miami Dolphins taking on the Minnesota Vikings in a game with a 44 and a half point over under. And for the Dolphins, Kenyon Drake is the only guy that you can consider here, but I don't even feel great about that. He continues to get less touches than Frank Gore, and now there's the chance that Brandon Bolden will continue to steal some work as well. But somehow, despite Drake's lack of opportunity, he still managed nine total touchdowns on the season. So you know that the upside for a game-saving big play is there, but I don't want to rely on that against the Vikings, who allow the 10th fewest points to the running back position. Drake is on the lower end running back three radar for me this week. And then I'm really expecting the Vikings offense to bounce back here. The Dolphins have allowed 24 passing touchdowns over the last 10 games and they'll be without their top cornerback Xavier Howard. So I have Cousins as a fine quarterback one play this week and without the aforementioned Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick, who's been great in the slot, he'll move to the perimeter where he has struggled this season. So I think Diggs is fine as a higher end wide receiver two. And that means that Adam Thielen will have a great matchup in the slot against Bobby McCain so fire him up as a top tier option this week and then the Dolphins have allowed the eighth most points to running backs on the season so fire up Dalvin Cook he's clearly taken over the backfield with 35 touches over the last two weeks compared to just nine for Latavius Murray I guess what I'm really trying to say here is just roll with your Vikings I even like tight end Kyle Rudolph's odds to find the end zone the Dolphins have allowed the most touchdowns to the tight end position this season so just fire them all up this weekend you should be fine and next up we have another quick one here with the Washington Redskins playing the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game with a 36 point over under I'll keep this one nice and short. Running back Leonard Fournette is the only player that you're starting here, and I have him as a solid running back one. Feel free to message us on our social media accounts with any questions regarding this game. But in most leagues, this game is completely irrelevant for fantasy football purposes, so we'll hop right over to our next game, which honestly isn't too much better. The Tennessee Titans playing the New York Giants in a game with a 43 and a half point over under. While I'm not fully buying into Derrick Henry's ridiculous blow-up game last week, he has run well as of late, totaling 4.57 yards per carry and four touchdowns in the five games prior. So in a great matchup against the Giants run defense that's allowed 100 or more yards and a touchdown in five of their last six games, I have no problem trusting Derrick Henry as a mid-range running back two this week. And I actually think that Corey Davis can be started as a lower end wide receiver two here. He'll mainly see B.W. Webb in coverage who hasn't been bad, but I definitely don't think it's a matchup to avoid either. Now I do get wanting to avoid this situation as Davis and the Titans offense has been inconsistent, but if you're in a tight spot, I do think that Corey Davis will be serviceable. I'd actually start him over guys like Kenny Galladay, Larry Fitzgerald, DJ Moore, Corlin Sutton. Those are all guys that I have ranked behind Corey Davis this week. And then it's more of the same for the New York Giants. You're starting Saquon Barkley, and that's about it. With Odell Beckham Jr. ruled out, I'm still not confident enough in Sterling Shepard, in Evan Ingram to slide them into my lineups in the fantasy playoffs. So it's Barkley or nothing for me on this New York Giants offense. And next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Baltimore Ravens in a game with a 46 and a half point over under. And quarterback Jameis Winston may be difficult to sit after throwing for 774 yards and three touchdowns over his last three games. But that was against the 49ers, the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, all bottom eight defenses and points allowed to the quarterback position. I'd actually prefer to stream guys like Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson over Winston this week, as the Ravens have allowed just under 16 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks and the fifth fewest passing touchdowns in the league. I just struggle to see him as anything more than a low-end quarterback two in this matchup. And then for Mike Evans, he'll be matched up with Marlon Humphrey and Brandon Carr for the majority of the game, which is far from ideal. They just held Julio Jones to two receptions for 18 yards a few weeks back. However, he is currently averaging 8.5 targets per game so even in a tough matchup, I still have Evans as a mid to low end wide receiver too. And then for Adam Humphreys and Cameron Brait, they're the only other players that you should consider here. Humphreys will have the best matchup on the field against Tavon Young, so I could see Winston rely on him a bit here. He's still just a low end wide receiver three for me, but he certainly has some touchdown upside. 
And we've been saying all season that the Ravens have been susceptible to tight ends, and they've now allowed the fourth most receptions, seventh most yards, and the tenth most touchdowns to the tight end position. So Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys, they should be able to keep the Ravens defense busy enough to leave some nice potential for Cameron Brate over the middle of the field. I'm still starting him as a tight end one this week. And then for the Ravens, the Buccaneers defense has been a great matchup, allowing the fourth most fantasy points and the fifth most passing yards to the quarterback position. So there is a chance that we finally see Lamar Jackson eclipse 200 yards passing. I actually have Jackson as a high-end quarterback two streaming option this week, but I do want to temper expectations just slightly as I have seen some people rank him in their top 10 and this is a great matchup, don't get me wrong, but all of his first four starts have been against bottom six defenses and points allowed to the quarterback position, so it hasn't exactly been rough sledding up until this point. And then in the run game, this is a tough situation to predict. Kenneth Dixon has outplayed Gus Edwards over the last two weeks, totaling 96 yards and a touchdown on just 16 carries. Meanwhile, Gus Edwards has had 37 carries that he's taken for 149 yards and no touchdowns. I still think that Edwards is the better option as long as Lamar Jackson is the quarterback, but I think that both can be played as running back threes as the Ravens have averaged 46 rushing attempts per game over the last few weeks, so there should be plenty of opportunity to go around against the Buccaneers defense that's bottom five in the NFL in points allowed to the running back position. And now we'll move right over to our next game of the week, the Seattle Seahawks playing the San Francisco 49ers in a game with a 44 and a half point over under. On the Seahawks side of the ball, running back Chris Carson. Although I am expecting him to be plenty involved, he's just a lower end running back two for me in this game. We said last week how the 49ers have not been a matchup to target four running backs, and they just held Philip Lindsay to just 30 yards on 14 carries. So don't expect a big game here by any means. But the 49ers have been exploited by wide receivers, allowing a top 24 finish in 11 of 13 games this season. Now, wide receiver Doug Baldwin is currently questionable to play and hasn't been consistent by any means this season, so I'm in on Tyler Lockett here as a lower end wide receiver two and a solid matchup this week. And then for the 49ers, we have to pay attention to whether or not running back Matt Breda will play this week. The Seahawks defense has been hit or miss against the run all year long, but they have allowed a lot of production through the air to running backs. So as of right now, if Breda is out, I'll have Jeff Wilson as a lower end running back too. And if Breda does play, I'm probably avoiding this situation altogether. I don't want to take a chance on Breda cutting into Wilson or starting Breda and he leaves the game early. That's more risk than I want to take on at this point in the season. And then outside of George Kittle, Dante Pettis is the only 49ers pass catcher that I could see myself trusting here. The Seahawks have allowed nine wide receivers to put up double digit fantasy points against them over their last seven games. And Pettis has now caught 12 of 14 targets for 255 yards and four touchdowns over the last three weeks. He's not a must start, but he should be plenty serviceable as a flex play this week. And next up, we have the Patriots taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game with a 52 point over under. And the Steelers have allowed the sixth fewest points to running backs on the season, but it looks like they've been regressing as of late, allowing a rushing touchdown in each of their last six games and they've only allowed two top 10 running back performances on the season but both of those came over the last month so I'm not going to say that this is a great matchup for Sony Michelle it isn't but I don't think it's as bad as it looks on paper. I still have him as a mid-tier running back two this week. And then James White always has touchdown potential, but the Steelers haven't allowed much in the receiving game to running back. So he's just an RB3 that could disappoint if he doesn't find the end zone here. And then in the passing game, Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman. Gordon will likely be shadowed by Joe Hayden, which certainly isn't ideal. But he's had 70 yards or a touchdown in each of his last five games. He's been solid, so I still have him as a lower-end wide receiver too. And I like Edelman's matchup a lot more this week. We've seen Seth Roberts, Keenan Allen, and Emmanuel Sanders, all slot receivers, tear up the Steelers over the last three weeks. So fire up Edelman as a high-end wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside if he can find the end zone. And then for the Steelers, all anyone really cares about right now is their running back situation. And at the time of recording this, I'm not 
sure if James Conner will be cleared to play or not, but if he does miss, I think that Jalen Samuels will be a fine running back too. The Patriots haven't been a great matchup on the ground to opposing running backs, but they do allow the six most receptions, six most receiving yards, and the six most receiving touchdowns to the position, and we just saw Samuels take seven receptions for 64 yards against the Raiders last week. But make sure you are keeping an eye on James Conner's situation because if he does play, obviously I would have a lot less trust in Jalen Samuels this week. And next up, we have the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the LA Rams in a game with a 54-point over-under. And again, at the time of recording this, another injury situation that I don't have any clarity on. Quarterback Carson Wentz, he's currently questionable with back spasms and could potentially be shut down for the remainder of the season. Now, I'm not expecting Wentz to play this week, but even if he does, this is a situation that I'm avoiding. You just can't, you can't tell me that a player might miss the rest of the season and then expect me to trust him a few days later in the fantasy playoffs. And with that being said, I don't trust any of the pass catchers here either with Alshon Jeffrey up against Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters and Golden Tate up against Nickel Roby Coleman. Just a full avoid for me in the passing game outside of Zach Ertz. And for the run game, the Rams have now allowed a 4.93 yards per carry average on the season while allowing 100 or more rushing yards in five of their last six games. So while this does bode well for running back Josh Adams, he's seen just one target over the last three weeks. So I have Josh Adams as a high-end running back three as I'm concerned that he gets game scripted out if the Rams jump ahead to an early lead, which definitely does not seem unlikely. Obviously, I'm expecting Todd Gurley to get back on track after a down game last week, and the Eagles secondary has just been a mess. They've now allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on the season. So, of course, you're firing up Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Josh Reynolds does have some upside, but he's still just a lower-end wide receiver three for me. If you've made it to this point in the fantasy season, the semifinals, you likely haven't been relying on Josh Reynolds. So, for the Rams offense, just keep on rolling with the same guys that have gotten you to this point, and you should be fine. And now we have our final game of the week, the New Orleans Saints playing the Carolina Panthers in a game with a 51 and a half point over under. It's now been two down weeks for quarterback Drew Brees, but the Panthers have allowed multiple passing touchdowns in 10 of their games this season while playing pretty tough against the run, allowing more than 98 rushing yards to just two teams all season long. So I'm expecting Brees to get back on track here as a solid quarterback one. And it's been a fairly down stretch for the Saints running backs as well, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Neither of them have gone for more than 100 yards over the last three weeks, which that's just showing you how good these players have been for you in the past. But they've also combined for just one touchdown during that span. So not an ideal time for them to go up against such a tough run defense. I still have Kamara as an RB1 while Ingram is on the lower end RB2 radar for me right around guys like Sony Michelle and Derrick Henry this week. And then for the Panthers, their offense has not been the most trustworthy as of late, and the Saints defense has really been coming on. They've held four of their last five quarterbacks that they've played to under 250 passing yards, but you have been able to run on them. So Cam Newton, he's still a lower end quarterback one for me, although his shoulder, I'm not sure what the status of that is, how much it really is hampering his play, but that certainly brings an added level of risk to that situation. And then in the passing game, both DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are wide receiver three options for me. Samuel has 19 targets over the last two weeks compared to 16 for DJ Moore, so both are usable as the Saints have allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers on the season. I would start them both over guys like Kenny Galladay, Larry Fitzgerald, I have Alshon Jeffrey ranked behind them, so they're right in that range. I don't have them much higher than those guys. And then the Saints have been really tough against tight ends on the season, so I don't think it's a great week to trust Ian Thomas in your lineup, but you know that the targets are going to be there, and we've been saying it all season long, so I'm not going to stop saying it now. The tight end position is so volatile that you can do a lot worse than chasing targets because you know they're going to be there for Thomas. And that is all that I have for you guys this week. I can't believe that the fantasy season is coming to an end. Hopefully you guys have made it to the semifinals. Myself and Dan are pulling for you guys to finish the season strong. 
strong. But even if you fall short, make sure that you stick around in the offseason. We're going to continue releasing content to keep you all well informed on everything happening around the NFL. I hope that I was able to help you guys settle some of your lineup questions for this week. Again, if you're looking for our preview of the Saturday games, you can find that on our Instagram at footballmdpod. And make sure that you're sending all of your football-related questions to footballmdpod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Good luck this week, and until next time, guys. 